right. The score is nine to eight in favor of the guys. Ladies, if you miss this, the game is theirs. Pick your category. It's our relative! You don't have to shout everything. I'm sorry! This is the Extra Hot Grade Podcast, episode 17 for the week of February 7th, 2011. I am the one with the sound effects, David T. Cole, and I'm here with the one who doesn't live here, Joe Reed. True. And the one who doesn't share food, Tara Ariano. Joey doesn't share food. Welcome, everybody. Hi. What's up, Dave? Uh, let's do this really quick, because Joe's got to get out of here to watch his football game. Time's a-wasting, y'all. <laughs> well, but that's it for another episode. start for like 200 more hours. <laughs> well, and then after that, it's... Like 45 minutes oh of like God. singing the national anthem and such. So I think we're probably clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thus so begins the afternoon so of perturbed <laughs> tweeting from Tara. Not really. <laughs> All right. Well, from uh, sports jocks to uh, super nerds, let's talk about last week's uh, community episode, nice the Let's... Dungeons and Dragons. Joe, it doesn't work if you bring attention to this. <laughs> <laughs> Divorce. Oh. Uh, community Dungeons and Dragons episode. Yes, Tara, what do you think? Uh, I I liked a lot about it, but there was one thing that I hated about it, and that thing was Chevy Chase slash Pierce Hawthorne, who I thought completely ruined what otherwise would have been an, a great episode. And you know, it it sort of it sparked a conversation between me and our friend Kim on Twitter about you know what makes it that there have been great sitcom jerks in the past and yeah. that Pierce is He's a, not one he of completely them. yeah he re, he repudiates everything that's great about the TV jerk but when we were when you and I Dave yesterday were discussing the episode um and if you haven't seen it the the premise is uh Jeff is concerned that this guy they kind of know called Fat Neil is maybe going to kill himself they sort of they sort of dance they never around quite it. mentioned it they really do dance yeah. around that but it fact. seems like that's what they yes. think is going to happen he brings all of he brings jeff all of his dungeons and dragon books and is like i'm not going to need these anymore and jeff's yeah. like oh yeah. and then annie's like oh because she's also as they say in the episode a former head case yeah so the episode is they they throw a dungeons and dragons game abed is the dungeon master and they invite neil and they don't invite Pierce, as the voiceover at the beginning says, for obvious reasons. Right. But of course, he hears about it, and he comes, and he fucks it all up, basically, because yeah. he doesn't understand Dungeons & Dragons, and he just wants to antagonize them. Yeah. But Dave made the observation of how he thought the episode was going to go. Right. So, <clears throat> I used to, I played Dungeons & Dragons for about two years uh, in the 80s. Yes. Um, when I was in grade school. Back when Dungeons and Dragons would motivate people to murder and that kind of thing, yeah, well, that was or that, so the te- that, television shows. No, no, that was that was the sort of the social atmosphere around it among people who did not play Dungeons and Dragons yeah. was that it was this sort of gateway drug to Satanism, yeah. right? This is the time of Geraldo Rivera, mm-hmm. you know, yes. doing those specials, sure. you know, in between opening Al Capone's vaults, he was doing these, right. you know, <laughs> your cat's gone missing, what cult abducted it, and how did it get sliced open? You know, yeah. those kind of things, and. You know, it was a big sort of um, uh, issue for like the Christian right at the time. Yeah, and and probably since, but it's just you know nobody plays, nobody plays it anymore. Right. They moved anymore. on to Magic the Gathering. Exactly. Harry po- well, now they're railing against Harry Potter, Potter yeah. for that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, my own grandmother was sort of you know pretty big Bible thumper, and I I remember this one time when I was you know I 
was over at house for some reason. Well, I got to go. I'm going over next door to my sister's place, whatever. She's playing Dungeons and Dragons with her friends. She's like, oh, no, you can't do that. That's how the devil gets you. <laughs> so that was, you know, among a certain type of person, that was sort of where Dungeons and Dragons was. And I kind of thought as this episode was starting that Shirley was going to be the one against this game sure. because she's, you know, on those the, grounds. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she just sort of like just went with it sight unseen. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, she has these sort of fundamentalist, you know, moments. And yes. I thought this was going to be one of them. And yeah. I thought through that, we would, you know, everybody would have the, you know, um, title case, you know, learning experience mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. Instead, they kind of went with this Chevy Chase, uh, just off completely note off the rails yeah, yeah yeah i mean as soon as you said that i thought that too and that would have been such a more interesting episode because it would have you know the, the what we learn over the course of the episode is that jeff is the one who came up with the nickname fat neil yeah so part of his whole thing is he wants to atone for that sorry quick sidebar was fat neil introduced at any point he had been this? in a previous episode yeah, which i had completely forgotten class. about i kind okay. of spoke stupidly on Twitter about like, oh, we've never seen that guy before. Yeah. We had like one time. Once. Okay. All right. Okay. And, and in that episode too. But he wasn't he was even like, named in that one. Right. Was like, I was no, but curious. I think they, they're like fat Neil and he's like, just Neil is fine. Yeah. I yeah. think in that episode. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it would have also, you know, and so that, that story kind of deepens our understanding of Jeff and mm-hmm. gives him a new layer of like, he's not just a horrible person. He right. understands other people have feelings. But if, if it, they had gone with your storyline, Dave, if you if they had listened to you when you were in the writers' room, that it would have had a similar thing with with Shirley, where she has to sort of reconcile, you know, her Christianity with her natural niceness and yeah. her wanting to, you know, do sure. a good thing for a person who's suffering. Right. Instead, you know, they're all sort of like doing, you know, they're doing this this thing in service of Neil, and then Pierce comes in and just just yeah. so over the topishly. I mean, it's ridiculous to say that when it's an episode of well, Dungeons and Dragons, but to me, it was like just so. Here's my question about oh, Pierce because ridiculous. I generally do agree with you. Do you feel like it's the writing has written that character into a corner, or the writing was sort of off the rails with him this episode, or is it Chevy? Is it within Chevy Chase's performance? Well, that he's just not pulling off this character the way other better actors could pull it off. I have heard from people that the issue with him on this show is that he has a lot of restrictions about stuff that he won't do. Oh, So there's a course. lot of times where they'll write stories and then they'll have to change them because he'll just be like, I'm not doing that. And so in the episode before this one where they were putting on the drug awareness play, yes. there's a sort of meta commentary about yes. that too where at the last minute he's like, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this instead. Don't you think it's better? And everyone else is like, no, just do the script. Yeah. We have to get through this, which made me think since I knew that. Right. That was maybe what was had motivated that whole storyline. Right. So I, I mean, I think it's... They're they're they are being forced into a corner by him right. personally. Yeah. Um, but as I said, this did lead to this discussion of uh, you know what is it about Pierce that makes him so out of line in the grand honorable tradition of TV right. sitcom. Right. I was going to say because we're we are not people who shy away from jerky. Good lord, TV no. characters certainly not in, in, in comedies especially. Yes, and it, I mean Community already does have one jerk that I think is written you know the normal way that, being Jeff. <laughs> that makes sense and yeah. that's Jeff. Yeah. Um, so to me like that, that's just one thing in this show in particular that makes Pierce so um, easy to, as we said in this Pierce segment, easy to lift out. Yeah. yeah. So unnecessary to the story. And uh, even all the things that he did in this episode, it could have been Chang. Right. So as, as and an, it would have been I, funnier if it had been Chang. 
I think it would I'm going to abstain because I really hate Chang. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were talking to Joe here. <laughs> That's the true. anti-Chang. The That's anti-Chang. true. Um, <laughs> so as just just for comparison, you know, what what would be some sort of, you know, successful TV jerks, you know, by name just to sure. throw them out there? Uh, well, some of the ones that I cited on Twitter yeah. um, were Bill McNeil of News Radio. Yeah, played by Phil Hartman. Played by Phil Hartman. Karen Walker of Will and Grace, played by Megan Mullally. Uh, Larry David. Played by Larry David on yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm. That might be the. He yeah, he might be the ultimate. <laughs> the at least at least on the the far end of the spectrum of yeah. how much jerk can you put in put into a jerk? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, J- we were arguing about this earlier too, yeah. but like Jack Donaghy, arguably yeah. from played by Alec Baldwin on Thirty Rock, or, uh, certainly at least Perry in the first Perry Cox from Scrubs. Perry Cox played yeah. by John C. McGinley on Scrubs. Ellie Torres played by. Yeah. Uh, Krista Miller on So it's not Cooper like it's Town. an impossible task to create a TV right. jerk no. that works. Right. No. And Kim cited a bunch of other ones like Archie Bunker, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Ted Baxter. Yo, yeah. Ted Baxter's a really good one. He's a great yeah. one. Oh, I said Ryan Howard too from uh, from The Office. Right. Especially and I think middle Kim... era Ryan when he was working at corporate oh, right. in New York. Yeah. And I think it was Kim who also said Newman, which is sort of Yeah, like yeah, a, Newman. Yes. yes. Like yeah. that's a peripheral character, but still like... From Seinfeld. So what makes these... Jerk successful where the Pierce just sort of is is onerous. Dave, I'm so glad you asked okay. <laughs> because I have a list of criteria that I think sort of not all jerks. Joe, will... would you like to make an observation about what a good segue that was? <laughs> I was just going to let it lie, Dave. I was learning my lesson. Apparently, now we also point out when people have learned their lessons. Seems like we're learning a lot about podcast jerks, also. <laughs> Um, so I have a list. Not all of the jerks that we that we mentioned are going to fit into all of these categories, mm-hmm. but these are some some characteristics. Some of that, the building blocks. Exactly. Yes. That yeah. If you're if you're writing a sitcom, and I hope you all are, well, and you're really. want to put a jerk into it, yeah. here are some of the things you should consider. So, uh, the jerk should have qualities that mitigate his jerkiness or yep. her. Um, for example, George Bluth from Arrested Development, arguably yep. a terrible person. Right committed light treason as we all remember that's true. really mean to his own kids but very loving to his wife and his grandchildren yeah, that's true even though he cheated on his wife other than that <laughs> loved his grandchildren loved his grandchildren uh sterling archer of archer um horrible human being mm-hmm. very good agent yeah you know you could say he's protecting the country yeah. he gets results you stupid chief he does get results you stupid <laughs> chief <laughs> uh karen on will and grace um Kind of a monster, yet very generous. Yeah. You know, yes. she's rich and she's and she knows how to have a good time. She's fun loving. Yes. Um, and Ellie on Cougar Town, who we'll we'll discuss more later. But yes. she's she's also pretty terrible. But she's very loyal to Jules and is a good friend to her. And and has and has her moments where she's very loyal to Andy as well. Yes, yes. yes. She's she's a good wife. She's ultimately well. a good wife, even if she's mm-hmm. kind of a nightmare of a wife as well. And she's probably a good mother, but we don't see her kid ever, which is fine. Which is so, which that's is not fine. a criticism. No, it's not. <laughs> if a jerk is a jerk all the time, they sort of just become a villain or a total asshole or right. something, right? Well, in the case I mean, there's, of Pierce... There's a, there's a moment well, where you spill over. Well, there's, yeah. it category. becomes sort of like this comedy black hole where it's just yeah. like, no comedy will escape yeah. the jerkiness of... Right. Yeah. right. And in the case of Pierce, it's sort of like, he's a horrible person because he's a lonely old man, yet he's a lonely old man because he's a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Like, right. there's never going to be more to him than that. That's right. it. That's his whole character. Yeah. So it's a You're mitigating to, quality can't be self-pity <laughs> right and that was even the, like a point of the episode too where all of them well had and the their one before to... that too with Annie right. it was just yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. yes mm-hmm. um, so that's one yep. uh, number two is that the jerk is right sometimes yep 
Um, and I think this happens a lot on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Usually it's that Larry starts out from a very solid, usually moral position right. that then spins crazily out of control right. <laughs> because he has no self-control. Yeah. Um, Dr. Cox is a really good example of that, yes. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Cox was another one that I meant to mention in the last one yeah. that he's, he's, he's mean, but yeah. he's a great doctor. But he's also right, right a lot of the time. And he's, yeah. and he's right he's, he's, all the time. He's the, the uh, deliverer of life lessons a lot. Yes. Yeah. But People not, don't want to hear not it. Not subtle. But yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Lou Grant, same thing. From yeah, Lou Grant. That's a really good example. Yeah. Um, and and I think we, even though we could argue about whether Jack Donaghy is a TV jerk or not, mm-hmm. that's the that's pretty much his whole through line. His as defining a character characteristic is yeah. that Liz never wants to believe that he's right about business stuff, and he almost always is. Yeah, he's you know puncturing her. Yeah, her we were ideas. having a little discussion whether I I, I I was like I'm not sure if he's a jerk, but if he is, he's. And Larry David is on the super jerky end of the spectrum. Then he is on the other end, yes, which is he's sure. he's he's mild. Yes, he's not spicy. He certainly isn't sparing with anybody's feelings. In I mean, yeah. when, he, when he speaks whatever. Maybe he it's says. because he's just sort of you know everybody's boss, and there's sort of like where does the jerk end and the authoritarian begin? Right. Which is maybe that's why I'm sort of having a little trouble with right saying absolutely that he's a that's jerk. fair. Yeah. On the other hand, lesbian Frankenstein wants her. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> so. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's 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 on the edge for me. Yeah. Sure. Um, and one of my favorite Bill McNeil moments from news radio is Jimmy James has uh, has found this computer expert Tom at some symposium or other, and so he invites him to come on the show. To, to so that Bill can interview him about his ideas about computers, and so he does. And Bill like will not let him get in a word in edgewise at all. And so Dave, the station manager, gets mad at him, and Bill's like, "That guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's crazy. That's why I didn't let him say anything." Mm. And Dave's like, "Well, we're gonna have him back, so that, and we'll get yeah. Catherine to interview him so that she can do it properly." And then it turns out Bill was right. Yeah. He is crazy. Yeah, it's like computers are great. You can yeah. do all kinds of things on them. You can play games. I don't actually own one, yeah. but I think I'll probably get one soon. Um, so the jerk is right sometimes. Yes, yeah. Um, number three. Number three, the jerky, their jerkiness deflates other characters in satisfying ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely true of Jack Donaghy. Yeah. Um, but of Bill, too. Um, yep. and, and Ellie, a lot of times uh, on Cougar Town, can get the lines where it's like, if it's getting, t- if it's getting too close to the edge of, of being super sappy, yes. the jerk can come in and sort of undercut it and remind us. It's the, it's yeah, and Pierce does not do that. He's just, he just annoys everybody. Well, no, he, yes, right. he just There's says no, racist things right. and yeah. makes everyone wish he wasn't there. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think also uh, Community has so many other characters who can undercut the sappiness themselves that he's not necessary in that regard. Yes. Where even, like, you know, Troy and Annie and Britta, certainly, and, and Jeff, are all able to play both sides of that coin. Absolutely. Where you don't really need Pierce to step in and, and right. do that, so. I agree. Even Chang, uh, I don't want to bring up Chang. <laughs> I know this is a sore spot. Okay, okay, okay. Next day on the check. Uh, so number four. Sometimes the jerk can decide not to be a jerk, yeah. even when jerkiness is more in their self-interest. Yeah. So they can show a human side. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I need to cite examples. We can all imagine. Right. It certainly comes... I mean, this whole episode of Community was yeah. that for Jeff. Yeah. Karen and, Walker, I remember, yeah. did that a bunch of times for Grace when mm-hmm. Grace was yeah. sort of... Yeah. And because I'm... Just because Barry Cox is one of my favorite characters, he does that a lot. There's moments, you know, he's he's yeah. often a jerk, but you know, yes. there's a lot of scenes where he's at home and you know yeah. has mm-hmm. to do you know and, and yeah. Yes, comes there's home gr- with the curly fries when Jordan is there pregnant. Yeah. Um, number five, their jerkiness is somewhat harmless. 
mm-hmm. um, that, and I would think of the example I was thinking for this one was Barney from How I Met Your Mother, where yeah. he's he's uh, certainly douchey, right? He certainly goes through a lot of women, but they pretty much are going along willingly, right? It's not like he's you know he's seducing them, he's not tricking them particularly. Sometimes he is, but but ultimately it's you know it's it's all in good fun. Right. Yeah. It's not like he's in a real position of of power where you know people are being hurt in any. Yes, he's not way. like Andrew Dice Clay routine. From the 90s. <laughs> no, yeah. he's not like Ben Roethlisberger to make this really timely and Ooh, on point. Nice. Well, I was even going to say like a Tucker Max type. Like that's yes. I think the difference sure. between what Barney is funny mm-hmm. and benign and what could read as just gross and as, awful and predatory. As a date and, rapist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, sixth, the, the, the jerk should have a kind of wit or a playfulness in their jerkiness yeah. that there should, it should be, they should be clever. Mm-hmm. They should be fun. Their jerkiness should bring us into the comedy rather than turn us off. And again, yes. this yeah. is exactly where Pierce is the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, and finally the jerk should be played by someone that's either likable or about whom we know nothing. Yeah. And I think that's the, that may be the biggest problem with, with Chevy, Chevy Chase's Chase. Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Is that he, you know, especially if you read the yes. I was going to say, we know too much about him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if we've seen him on SNL or seen him in interviews, we know he's. Or threatened to walk, walk off. He's a cop. Was it like politically incorrect or something like that in the time? I remember watching him. Yes. He just wasn't getting his ways, acting all yeah. good. Yes. Just like, well, I'm going to leave. And he just like gets up and go mm-hmm. and like, yeah. like. Bill Maher, I think it was pretty like, incorrect. I basically, right. I basically had to get up and say, no, please sit down. Yeah. Let's continue the show. I won't do whatever. Like, wow. Yeah. What an ass. Yeah. Right. So yeah. That, that would be my final criterion. As Kim, as Kim said on Twitter, the reason that Bill got away with all that stuff on, that he did on news radio is because you knew that Phil Hartman is, uh, as she put it, a mensch. Yes. Yeah. And that's not the case with Chevy Chase. Yeah, well, I mean, all these factors are really, you know, sort of mitigating factors that turns a total asshole into into a character into a character right yes. i mean that and that reduction of the asshole towards yeah. somebody good becomes that middle ground which we call the jerk yeah and chevy chase has very few mitigating factors mm-hmm. in the community right you know for probably writing reasons i think you know they just don't know what to do with that character plus also chevy chase apparently is kind of a pain in the ass on the set yeah and yeah. also you know just sort of like if you know anything about him you know that this his his assholeness on the show and unlikability is a little might be where it's at in life, you right. know. And you're sort of like just kind of like, Meh. yeah, leaves a bad taste. Truth is jerkier than fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're going to write him out at some point. I mean, I got a feeling that the show people kind of know this. Yeah. You know, there's these right. weird little it hints feels now like, and then. Especially last week with the play, yeah. that was where I was like, wow, that's really. On I mean, the I enjoyed the Dungeon Dragons yeah, it episode. Yeah, got followed sort of, up by but, an episode that featured him so much. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I mean... But it made him completely low. Like, no one could ever be on his side after that. Right, that's true. I feel like. No, I think that's true. I just feel like if they were really done with him, they'd be marginalizing him more than featuring him, even if it is to feature him as a jerk. And maybe they will in the upcoming episodes, who knows? There have definitely been a lot of episodes this season where he's been barely in it. Like the one where they, for Troy's birthday. Yes. Where he gets trapped in the vestibule. It's like, I I had no problem with that. Right, that is fine. That was one of the best things about that Do you have a favorite so, TV jerk? Yeah, Bill McNeil is my favorite yeah, TV jerk. Yeah, that's a good TV jerk. Joe, I'm not sure if I can. Uh, it's hard. There's a lot. Just one. Once you start going down, of that... the ones we were we've been talking about, I feel like Ellie and Karen are. are mm. I, I guess I like those lady jerks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that says about me and my psyche. You? Um, probably. I know you love Cox. Probably. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Doctor Cox. Um. 
Yeah, we'll pull that out for. I <laughs> <laughs> love gods. I do, and and it's, it's easy to fall into the trap of of thinking about jerks and then and then going too far and talking about villains. You know, yes. like right. Yeah, is Al Swearengen a jerk? Well, he has his yeah. moments where he's cursed, well, but he's really. Yeah, and you in know. dramas it becomes dramas, a lot more complicated yeah, and a exactly. lot more. Yeah, yeah. I also so. was thinking a lot about our. I mean, we'll have to have this. Well, and Mr. Burns, day, who we didn't even talk about, yeah, Mr. is Burns. another sort of great comedic <laughs> jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But his jerkiness can be harmful. It can, but also then you do see those moments where a vulnerability, and that's I think true. like they've built him throughout so many years. Putting the sponge on his top hat, and six <laughs> underwater. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you were talking about uh, some jerks in uh, Cougar Town. Yes. And we just had our Cougar Town like mid season, winter yes. season finale. Winter finale yes. because it's going away for Mr. however Sunshine. many weeks it takes for Mr. Sunshine to I think it's out. nine. It'll yeah. be Cougar Town will be back in in April. Yeah. You guys are really into Cougar Town. You guys are sort of like cheerleaders for Cougar Town. I think, I think. I'm gonna go as so far as to say it's my favorite comedy on TV right now. Wow. Yeah. I think it's really built itself up to that point this season. I it's, think it's, it's in my top. It's in my top three. But yeah. I think I like Parks and Recreation just a tiny bit. Yeah, that's true. It's Parks and Recreation. It's tough. It's, they're sort of like apples and oranges yeah. to compare. Yeah. Even though they are Don't both their defining characteristic, <laughs> but their defining characteristic is great ensemble. Yes. Work. Yes. And that all the characters have these really distinct relationships to mm-hmm. each other. So in that respect. You can compare them. I guess they're like one in one A for me. Yes. Well, we. I mean, we have a reason to talk about both Cougar Town and episodes today, which is going to be. Uh, it was. It was tipped in the in the opening, but uh, the canon that's coming up is going to be about a very beloved show that stars of both Cougar Towns and episodes were formerly in, and Mr. Sunshine. Um, but I thought that since we were. Uh, <clears throat> Since we yeah. have we've talked about we've mentioned Cougar Town a lot in past, I was going to say really maybe in, in depth into yeah. why we love it. Yeah, in like seventy five percent of our episodes, I feel like I throw in <laughs> a reference to how much I love Cougar Town. So the first yeah. thing I want to say about Cougar Town is yeah. that despite the title, it's not actually about cougars. Right. Oh, hello, Jules. I just finished the tastiest Cuban sandwich. Barb, I'm going to stop you right there and assume that you're not talking about your lunch, but rather two young Cuban boys that did horrible things to you. Hector and Julio. Yes. Yes, they're cousins. Why me? Why do you want to torture me with your filthy stories? You used to be one of us, stalking young prey without mercy or shame. When are people going to understand that's not who I am anymore? I mean, what do I have to do? Change my name? (laughs) (laughs) You're not convinced? No. (laughs) The problem- I don't know if you can go meta out of the gate. This is this isn't out of the gate. No, this it's is out like, of your gate for your argument about how good uh, the show is. Uh, all right, fine. Well, but I feel like that came on the on the heels of maybe like seven or eight episodes of that, like the title card gag. Oh, they're with, still doing the title card. Yeah, yeah, and just you have, you have to go back and explain what's going on. Okay, um, so basically, there was some sort of like backstage chatter about whether in between seasons one and two whether cougar town was going to change the title because it was no longer reflective of what the show was and even from the very beginning it was uh sort of reviled as a title and people wouldn't watch the show because they thought it was offensive and people are babies but also it became to not define the show as well as anything else could so there was talk about changing the title and that ultimately didn't come to pass for a variety of reasons no better options and changing your title is kind of a risky proposition yeah Mm -hmm. 
it, even if it's a bad title. So up all your season passes. <laughs> well, that's right. Yes. Um, so in season two, when they do the Cougar Town title card, now they have these little uh, prescripts above it, being like, you know, "Sorry, we're still Cougar Town." Right. Yeah, yeah that kind know. of thing. Right. So, which is funny and goofy. So they've been leading up to. So um, Cougar Town, not a, a show like that. about milfs. Not a show no. about milfs. Not yes. a show about cougars. Jules, the Corny Cox character, did date a younger guy for like four or five episodes, right? And then, pretty much halfway through the first season, hooked up with an age-appropriate neighbor, right? Who she's still with. But the one of the things that I really like about the way the second season has gone is that they've been able to pretty much have they've left the cougar stuff behind but they've still found a place for barb which i yes. really like because i think carolyn hennessy is hysterically funny and they've somebody on twitter and i can't remember who it was and i apologize because it's probably like a very good friend of mine mentioned that barb was the uh um who was the high five guy on scrubs oh the todd the, the todd, todd. Yeah. she yes. was the todd of she totally cougar is town. <laughs> And I thought that was a great description. And it really really makes me think of of, uh, Barb as having a better place in the show. Because it does, it can seem like she is completely out of place and sort of a relic of a bygone era, which that meta scene really acknowledges. Yes. But she just sort of pops up for one scene, creeps everybody out, and then goes away again. (laughs) And I don't know, I just think she's hysterical. And I love love her from General Hospital also. But yes. But the show is really it's it doesn't it doesn't particularly have any kind of like the premise is so loose. Right. It's it's, just, it, it's a show yes. about a bunch of friends who live close to each right. other and hang out all the time. Right. And drink and, wine. And drink wine. Which is lot. really more about more premisey than you would even think. It's true. <laughs> There's a lot of plot about their wine drinking on this show. Um, Jules is divorced from her from her former husband Bobby. Right. Played by. Brian Van Brian Holt, Van who Holt. used to be in John from Cincinnati. Yes. Um, but, she, you know, he's still around. And their their son, Travis, who's played by Dan Bird, formerly of my beloved Aliens in America, which I let, was gone from us too soon, um, is now off in college, but he's still home all the time. Yeah. So they've, they've As Grayson also, says, he doesn't know how college works. He doesn't know how college works. <laughs> so, um, but he's, he's started dating an older woman, and so... who's a grad student and so there's been a lot of good wrangling between her and Jules this season too which is really interesting because one of the characteristics that we've learned about Jules is that she's almost inappropriately affectionate with with Travis. Oh, it's a very disturbing relationship for everybody. Very, very, very much. Yes. Maybe too much. Maybe too much. Yeah. Um, But I think just one of the other things that is really great is that the show because it is such a loose premise it really gives itself permission Mm -hmm. to just be really goofy and really silly and not necessarily like bending of reality, mm-hmm. but like just being as kind of thrown to the wind as you can yes. be while being a fairly tight 30 minutes at com. I mean, it, we should mention it's from this, it's from Bill Lawrence who also produced, um, created and produced scrubs. Yes. But it's not, it's not as surreal as scrubs. They don't right. have all the cutaways. Right. Of, there aren't know. dream sequence right. kind of things like there were in scrubs, but there's a clip that we have of, uh, of Lori talking to Bobby about what their group what their group is like, and uh, it's good good encapsulation. Everyone is going to be so psyched that you're dating again that we'll be cool, even if Sam totally sucks. Bobby, we're the cul-de-sac crew. We always have each other's backs. Put my ice cream away and go get some wine and pillows and hide from Jules in the truck. I got to go get Andy because I tied him to a tree. (laughs) Our group is so much fun. (laughs) That is, of course, uh, Joe-certified, blousy blonde, Busy Phillips. Yes. 
She's delightful. She's and, and then the cast is just there's no there's no weak spot. There is no, no Pierce. It's true. There is no everybody is sort of at the very top of their game. Even Courtney Cox, who I feel like I run hot and cold with, mm-hmm. she's so well supported by mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh who plays Grayson now that I'm Josh Hopkins. Him? Josh Hopkins, who I have never given a second thought to in anything else he's done. He's seemed really bland and sort of the bland, attractive guy. Yeah. He is so funny. He's, re- he he's really, really funny. grown into his role in a really fantastic way. And he, he has to put up with a lot of shit from Jules. Yes. Because she's crazy. Yes. Um, but he is crazy. They also sort of balance it out by him being crazy in totally opposite ways. It's yes. not sort of like... Right. There's Nobody this, is this the long suffering anybody. Dating. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Everyone has their has their things. Yes. Everyone has their issues. Yes, exactly. In terms of the uh, the craziness that they get away with and yes. the sort of scrubsiness of it, yes. Penny Can, I feel like, is a very scrubsy element where they've introduced this game somewhere in the first season mm-hmm. where they just sort of pass the time by throwing pennies a at can. a can and in see a if coffee it, can. In a coffee can. And uh and this clip sort of plays into how Andy is kind of the punching bag every once in a while, played by uh, Ian, Ian Gomez. Gomez. No look. Pennycan! Schooled by a chick? This is embarrassing. Worst Randy, he's missed so many times he can't even play real Pennycan. Pennycan! No. What do you have to sing when you get it in the big one? Sissy can. Mm-hmm. So, again... That's that's maybe like the fourth or fifth time they've brought Penny Can back this season, so it was really good. <clears throat> um, the other one I wanted to mention again, going back to another Lori and Bobby scene, they up until maybe two or three episodes ago, they hadn't really done a whole lot of Lori and Bobby. Like that was maybe the one character pairing they hadn't done yeah. because the show week in and week out kind of sort of shuffles up the characters and puts two in one storyline and two yep. in the other and two in the other, and every pairing has different chemistry mm-hmm. and different humor and Lori and Bobby finally the last two episodes they've actually had stuff to do and this is one uh they had a joke earlier on about how they were gonna they were uh beef and bubbles she was bubbles and he was beef and they're sort of like a, a tandem and she thought that it would be cool if uh they went to dinner and he fake dumped her yes so that she could get a free meal and this was Never the this is what I want it's always about you you know what we're done. Uh, why would you love me? <laughs> are, are you okay? No. Forget Oh, oh no, oh no! I don't have my purse. Order anything you'd like. It's on the house. Oh, thank you. Give me the ribs, <laughs> bitch. So that was the end of show runner, kind of, as the credits were going. Let me ask you this, Joe Reed. Yes. Do you think this is leading up to a Lori-Bobby pairing? You know, the fact that it was in two episodes consecutively, it certainly made me think of it. I know that they've talked about in interviews about they're going to go for a Lori-Travis thing eventually. Yeah. So I don't know whether they would do that and make that weird for Lori and Travis. But they do have, they have really fun chemistry together. Yes. Um, I think Lori tends to be, to me, I think I love her so much because she really has chemistry with everybody on the show together. There's everybody, I feel like everybody's job is to make Courtney Cox's character seem less bad crazy and more fun crazy. (laughs) 
So there's the one yes. where two episodes ago where Lori's staying with Jules and she's sort of becoming the nightmare house guest and they decide to swap phones and, and read each other's text messages. All right, Lori, I think this might be a good time for us to talk about boundaries. Don't got none. Just go with me. Now, how would you feel if I were to go through your cell phone? Fun! We can read each other's text messages. Dear Jules, you're awesome. Love Jules. Seriously? <laughs> Sometimes I text myself a little pick-me-up. Dear Jules, you're not so special. Sometimes I go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so there's kind of a sadness to Jules that makes it a little... That makes her easier to take, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I, I end every episode of Cougar Town just really happy. Yes. I'm just smiling and happy and really, it's fun comedy. Yes. It's It's not going for sort of the genre heights that yes. community is going for. Yes. But it is just, it's a it's a comedy that knows where its strength lies. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's an ensemble. It's fun. It's goofy. And if you've been put off because of the title or, or for any other reason, you should really give it a shot when yeah. it comes back. <laughs> Yeah. Or watch the last few episodes. It has been renewed for a third season, so I don't think you're going to be left swinging in the wind. That is right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, highly recommended. Indeed. So uh, her friend's mate, Matt LeBlanc, has a new show on Showtime, which Mm -hmm. we've been watching, uh, called Episodes. Indeed. Which is the worst SEO name for (laughs) a TV show ever. (laughs) Yes. Like, really, the only worst way would be, like, if your show was called Channel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, explain the premise, Charlie. So it's a little bit high concept. The idea is there's this uh, pair of writers, um, Sean and Beverly. I want to say Leslie, but I know that's not their last <laughs> name. Sean and Beverly are writers uh, of a British sitcom um, that's been very popular and very critically acclaimed. And so they're, uh, they've just won their fourth BAFTA or something when they're approached by an American uh, network head. Um played by John Pankow, who used to be on... Uh, Mad About You. Mad About You, thank you. Yeah. Um, and he wants to with them to come to L.A. and develop their show, adapt it for an American audience. So basically, the, they agree to do it. Beverly is, is resistant, but Sean really wants to. Um, and so they go, and in every episode, it's basically every promise that this, that, um, this guy has made to them is... Yeah. <laughs> is broken in very show quick is, succession. Yeah, and the show slowly, you know, as it goes through the, the development process, goes from this... Gets more and more watered down. Yeah, and it becomes this very British... Uh, it goes from this very British show to this very American lowbrow yes. common yes. denominator show. Yes, originally it's about a history teacher yeah. and his students, and then uh, the, they want to cast the same actor who played who played the character yeah. in the British series play, who was Richard Griffiths. Yeah. Uh, he totally muffs the audition, and then uh, <laughs> the network instead proposes a great alternative, Matt LeBlanc, who's kind of a different type in every possible his, way. His very name Richard is sort Giffen's. of used as a punchline in that yes, first episode. It is. Where it's like, Matt LeBlanc, wah. <laughs> it's true. Um, and so when he comes on board, he decides to, uh, he, he sort of has develops an antagonistic relationship with Beverly pretty much out of the gate. And it's his idea to change his character from a teacher to a coach. Um, and then not just a coach, but a hockey coach. Yeah. And so now there's a show that used to be called, I forget the character's uh, name, Something's History Boys. Boys. No, that was the, that's what it's not. It's like oh. Something's Boys. Yeah. The, the guy's the name guy's is name. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's called Pucks. Yes. Um, but so, so we don't meet, we don't actually meet like Matt LeBlanc until the second episode. And, um, and Beverly is sort of, who's like very British, elegant, classy, um, is is sort of surprised that she's getting won over by him until they have a very unfortunate exchange. 
Oh, uh, Matt was about to tell me about this documentary. Oh, yeah, it's about these kids with Tourette's syndrome. You gotta see it. So funny. <laughs> funny? Oh, my God. Children with Tourette's? I know. I felt guilty laughing, but I'm telling you, they're interviewing this one little girl, so cute, and all of a sudden she's like, shit, 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 shit! <laughs> and you found that funny? Hey, I said I felt guilty, but come on, little kids cursing? No? <laughs> <laughs> and so she, you know, he's, he, he, he's, Matt LeBlanc is, I assume, playing a very Larry David-like version of himself, you know, Larry David and Kirby Enthusiasm in the sense that it's, it's him, but not really him. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's kind of won her over with stories about his kids and, yeah. and, and then, uh, you know, this, this Tourette's things happens. And, um, and at the end of the episode, they actually have a really funny bit where she, she goes back to the gate. The, the network has put her and Sean up in this house that formerly was used in like a bachelor type reality show. That's right. Yeah, yeah, And the guy at the gate never, ever remembers who they are. Yeah. And, and Beverly, finally, after this terrible, disastrous party where she realizes this guy that she hates is going to be the star of her new show, has, has kind of a meltdown. Evening. And you're here to see... Oh, no. No, 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 not tonight, Wallace. Don't pull that shit with us. Now open the motherfucking bloody bastard, pain in the ass, dick cheese stinking, dirty, shitty, wanking, fucking, bloody, fucking, bastard, fucking, stupid cunt of a fucking gate. Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's interesting to me as the show has gone on is how, it, how Sean is kind of develops this secret shameful friendship with Matt. Yeah, he seems right. to really like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they end up going to Vegas actually together because Matt is thinking of investing in a restaurant, I think. That's yeah. the reason. So they take a private plane there. And then while they're, you know, he asks them, a, 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 they're out for drinks or something, and he asks, what would you do, be doing if not this? And Matt LeBlanc is like, well, I'd probably be a porn star. And yeah. he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I got what it takes. Yes. Yeah, I've got the equipment necessary or something and like so, that. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and offers to show him yeah. in the bathroom. And so Sean tells the story when he gets back to Beverly. Sounds like a glamorous crowd. It really was. Sarcasm missed. Anyway, we hung out there for a while, then he showed me his cock and we flew home. I'm sorry, what? He showed me his cock. He showed you his cock? Right. Why? Because it's enormous. Like a sea creature. <laughs> like something out of Jules Verne. Oh my God. You can't imagine. I don't want to. So, help me here. Did you ask to see it? No. No, that would be weird. Oh, yes. He offered. And this is happening where? At the club. We just hauled it out in the middle of a club? No, no, I followed him into the loo. This is a very unsettling story. That's pretty much all there is to it. I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about, I mean, you can sort of hear it in his voice, but when he's telling the story, the actor's face, he's like, he's so heartbroken about this penis that he's seen. He's really, like, (laughs) kind of anguished about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then in the in the uh, in the last episode that we saw last week, um, Matt loses custody of his kids and he goes to a bar to get drunk and then the, there's a paparazzi paparazzo staking it out, so he calls Sean to come and get him and sneak him out the back so he doesn't get caught on on film and then you know Beverly demands to come too and it sort of changes the balance in their relationship. So I'm not sure how many episodes there's going to be in this season. I feel like probably more than 6. Yeah. Which yeah. would be a standard British, but it's it, it's it's interesting. I was not convinced when I first saw the trailer for it, but yeah. 
um, it's it's quite winning, I think. Yeah, it's, it has its charm for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know the beats it takes with the you know we're taking good entertainment and ruining it isn't you know new. You know. I was gonna say I sort of this is a show I enjoy when it's sort of put in front of me. I don't go out of my way to yeah. watch it. I think probably for that reason yeah. where it feels like that progression is so we've seen it so many mm-hmm. times before, and I can almost plot out that yeah. storyline for it that sort of leaves me uninterested. But yeah, yeah. I think the two, the three leads actually, because I think Matt LeBlanc plays his role very well. Mm-hmm. I think their interplay is very strong. Mm-hmm. And if there's going to be, if, if I were to, you know, DVR that show and make an appointment viewing, it would be for that reason. Yeah. I mean, Matt LeBlanc does pretty good, you know, making an ass out of himself. Yeah. yeah. Fun on the show. So that's yeah. kind of fun to see. And this, and, and he has really turned into uh, a graying hair at the temples all star. Cause yeah, apparently he was he gray the good. whole time he was on Friends, and they made him diet. Really? Yeah, oh, he looks good right now. I remember I reading say. that. But he, but he also they get they give him a lot of good lines about being uh, you know the, the, the being lowbrow or you, like there's an exchange where it's like catchphrases are kind of stupid, and he's like, "Tell that to my house in Malibu." It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You do have the right to yeah. throw your weight around, yeah. Matt LeBlanc. You are r- totally rich and awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Courtney Cox on Cougar Town. Yep. Yes. Matt LeBlanc on episodes. Yep. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston has that film. Uh, it's with, opening on Friday. With, uh, yes. Adam Just Sandler. go with Just it. Go with it. Yeah. Lisa Kudrow has something. She has a she's, genealogy she, themed yeah. show, in, right? Uh, that just came back on Friday. Matthew on Perry is starting Mr. Sunshine. Sunshine. Rest in peace, David Schwimmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is time for Tara's tiny triumph. Keeping to the theme, I was surprised to get up yesterday and see. Uh, in my email that I had a new Twitter follower, Carolyn Hennessy, who plays Barb on Cougar Town. I have no idea how she found me or why she's following me, um, but I thought that was kind of cool, and I followed her back for about an hour because um, she tweets too much. She does. She tweets about her. It's time for the canon, and to no surprise, Tara has a canon. It might have something to do with friends. Let's find out. It does. My episode is the season four episode, I think season four, called The One with the Embryos. It is season four. Thank you. I think it's 413. 12. Close. 12. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, I spent all my mental energy making that list of the jerk criteria, so I (laughs) didn't have time to remember anything else. So this is the one that most people will remember, uh, despite the title, um, for well i'll just get to it so so the episode opens with rachel extremely irate because she's been awakened really really early by um a rooster and goes across the hall and discovers yes indeed chandler and joey's chick has has they think is starting to turn into a rooster yeah so she's awake she goes out to the grocery store and comes back with a bag and and uh matt uh and chandler and joey say they think if they get if they get uh, one more guess than the number of items in her bag, they will be able to name them all. And sure enough, they get them all right. So this kicks off an argument about whether the girls know the boys better than the girls or vice versa. And, um, and so they decide they're going to, uh, they're going to have a contest and they bet a hundred dollars on it initially. And then, you know, they're sort of debating, well, how, how, how will they come up with the questions? 
Who, who makes up the questions? Ross will do it. Oh, sure, Ross will do it. It's not like he has a job or a child or a life of his own. We'll ask Phoebe. No, 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 no. I, I want to play. <laughs> so, um, so Ross. <laughs> yeah. So, um, meanwhile, the the embryos in the title are the ones that Phoebe's brother, Frank Jr., and his wife, Alice, are going to implant in her um, because she's going to be a surrogate. But I feel like this clip really encapsulates how, how much of a nothing that storyline is and that no one even remembers that it's part of this episode now. Do you realize that any minute now, Phoebe could be pregnant? I know. I know. It's such a huge, life-altering thing. I know. The test is ready. (laughs) (laughs) So Ross, of course, has taken this extremely seriously and has laid out a whole board with cards and everything's very Jeopardy-like. Jeopardy-style. Exactly. So here, he, he lists off the categories. The categories are fears and pet peeves ancient history, literature, and it's all relative. Uh, and then, uh, so we should, so basically the, the game proceeds like that. It's the two teams, boys versus girls, Ross is the quiz master. And, um, and I feel like the, this might have been the most fun episode for the writers ever to write, is to come up with all these like random facts about the characters' backstories yes. that they would never have any reason to come up with for any other reason but to make this episode amazing. Now, what was Monica's nickname when she was a field hockey goalie? Big fat goalie. Correct. (laughs) Rachel claims this is her favorite movie. Dangerous Liaisons. Correct. Her actual favorite movie is... Weekend at Bernie's. Correct. (laughs) In what part of her body did Monica get a pencil stuck at age 14? Who? You know! (laughs) Her ear! (laughs) <laughs> All right, Monica categorizes her towels. How many categories are there? Everyday use. Fancy. Guest. Fancy guest. Two seconds. Uh, 11. 11. Unbelievable. 11 is correct. Yeah! <laughs> okay, so well, the part I forgot before we get to the, that was the lightning round. Up until then, there was, a, there was just regular switching back and forth, asking right. questions, but it gets to a tie. And Ross has, has fortunately anticipated this possibility and come up with the lightning round questions for each team. However, before they get to it, Monica decides to propose they raise the stakes. So now they're not just going to play for money. First she says $300, and then she says, if the girls win, the guys get rid of the rooster. But if the guys win, the girls will give them their apartment. And so Rachel is not really on board with this, and Joey is definitely not, because he really doesn't want to lose the rooster. Um, But Chandler and Monica, in a sign of things to come later on in the season, are very much, like, butting heads about this. So that was the guy's lightning round. Moves on to the girls. 30 seconds on the clock. Five correct questions wins the game. The lightning round begins now. What is Joey's favorite food? Sandwiches. Correct. Chandler was how old when he first touched a girl's breast? 14? No, 19. Thanks, man. (laughs) Joey had an imaginary childhood friend. His name was... Maurice. Correct. His profession was... Space Cowboy. Correct. (laughs) What is Chandler Bing's job? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. This has something to do with numbers and processing. And he carries a briefcase. Ten seconds. You need this or you lose the game. (gasps) It has something to do with transponding. Oh, 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 he's a transponder. Transponster! <laughs> that 
just so you know, every single one of our game time competitions <laughs> aspires to be that. Sometimes it actually is Sometimes that. it actually is that. Sometimes it is. <laughs> um, so they lose, and Monica, because she is not a Welsher, sorry Dave, she immediately starts packing up the apartment, and Rachel resists. She's that bet was stupid, and yeah. she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to go along with it, and so Monica tries to talk some sense into her. All right, look, I hate this as much as you, but if it makes you feel any better, this is all your fault. <laughs> what? Chenandler Bong? Come on, we steal that TV guide every week. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's actually Miss Chenandler Bong. Chenandler the name on Chandler's TV guide. Huh? So. Ultimately, she, you know, agrees to go along with it. They do switch apartments for several episodes. And yeah. at the end, Phoebe finds out she is pregnant. But who cares? Because <laughs> really, the it meat of this episode is not the embryos. It right. is the quiz. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I feel like uh, this is like, it's just like friends boiled down to its essence. Yes. Um, not just the, the two, you know, across the hall neighbors fighting and competing in that way, but Ross, like, trying to glom onto it. Yeah. And Phoebe sort of being off in her own world. As much as I like, I like Phoebe, it's true, there wasn't really a way f- to work her into this right. into this story. Um, but I also, as I mentioned earlier, I like that, that Chandler and Monica are sort of, like, very connected yeah. in terms of competing because, of course, at the end of this season uh, is when they yeah. start, they, they first get together at Ross's wedding in England. Well, and it also sort of uncovers a secret competitive side to Rachel, which I really like. Yes. My favorite parts of Friends were always when her sort of secret crazy would come out. Mm-hmm. And this, where she's she's super competitive, but in a way that's not focused at all, where it's yes. just sort of like sparking out on yes, all ends. Man- totally manic. And and Monica's incredibly focused because she's been, she's used to this. She's yes. been competitive her whole life. Yes. So and actually, like there's, there's a part, too, where she tries to go and like double or nothing or something and then she has to come back to the her apartment like I lost our beds yeah. <laughs> Rachel Rachel at some point is trying to show her how serious she is puts yeah. out her hand to show that it's totally you know totally flat but is shaking like crazy because <laughs> too much adrenaline she can't handle it and also in that one clip where uh, where they did uh, Rachel's favorite movie is Dangerously Asans Real It's Weekend at Bernie's in the clip like Joey points at her when he says Weekend at Bernie's all yeah. accusatorily yeah. like yes. it's just yes. fantastic yes. God, I love it so that's that's my case. It's really funny. Um, you know, I'm not a giant Friends fan. <gasps> We've talked about it in therapy. Yes, <laughs> I am aware. Just kidding. Um, but this is a an enjoyable episode to be sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right that the even though the title would suggest that the A story is the embryos, that in fact is the B story, and it is really throwaway. Mm-hmm. It really like doesn't enter into anything. There's it, no moments that you remember about it. No, it's not what the episode is remembered for. No, I mean Frank gets a funny line where he's like, if you know, because they explain that they're going to put in more embryos than like they're going to put in three, mm-hmm. and and he says, why don't we just put in like thirty? <laughs> and then it, the Alice says, well, she's a woman, not a gumball machine, <laughs> which is cute. Um, but no, I it it's you're right. I mean, it it is sort of. Um, why I like this episode more than a lot of Friends episodes, the big problem I have with Friends in general, is that it is a comedy and then suddenly it's not. Mm-hmm. And the not part for me always falls flat. I don't give a shit who's dating who. I don't yeah. care yeah. that Ross and Rachel broke up again and oh my God, will they get back for the seventh time? Mm-hmm. You know, the teary look outside of the rain window <laughs> and all that shit like does yes. not play with me at all. Yes. And this episode has none, none of, of that. that. Yeah. Has zero. Yeah. Which is yeah. why, you know... Um, why I would vote yes, because this is a really funny episode 
And although it has, its, I think, the fact that one half of the storyline, even though it's probably only 10% of the episode, is mm-hmm. like totally... Yeah. Um, the rest of it is really good. And, you know, uh, I am an appreciator of the power of a quiz. Yeah. Nice. Yes. All right. I'm going to say something shocking right now. Uh, this episode is not my favorite Friends episode of all time. Whoa. It is my second favorite Friends episode of all time. It, can I guess what your favorite favorite is? Yes. Is it the one where Phoebe is trying to seduce Chandler to, to get him it's to admit? It is. the one where everybody finds That's out about Chandler favorite. and Monica. It's so <laughs> great. And maybe uh, in, a, in a while I'll They don't that. know. We know. They know. We know. They it's know. It's so great. But that I mean, is this one. is not a place to talk about that. But this, <laughs> as my second favorite Friends episode of all time, yes, clearly this gets a thumbs up. For Yay! Congratulations to the friends, the one with the embryos. Season four, episode 12. You are now part of the extra hot great canon. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. It's winner and loser of the week. Who's our winner? Our winner is Mr. Chris Elliott, who has come back to TV this week with an Adult Swim live action show called Eagle Heart. Uh, it airs as on the comedy, or sorry, on the Cartoon Network, midnight on Thursdays, so technically Friday. Um, but it's basically a 15-minute um, parody of a Walker, Texas Ranger type of show. He plays a marshal. Um, it's it's impossible to sort of encapsulate it. If you know what Chris Elliott is about, you were, you were going to really love this show. It's, it's crazy, goofy, and silly. Uh, it also starts Brett Gelman, who's an all-star from Comedy Death Ray Podcast. Um, but it's it's Chris Elliott doing exactly what you would want Chris Elliott to do, which is be yeah. completely over the top. And yeah, when Chris Elliott is on, it's really good. The mm-hmm. problem is he's got a really you know hit and miss track record of, yes. of when he's on and when he's not. But yeah. this was surprisingly well done. Like yeah. I wasn't expecting much from it, but it was pretty funny. It had some really really good uh, payoff gags. Like yes. there's there's you know there's a sequence where his partners are getting killed, and that's how yes. he ends up. <laughs> You know, forming his his, his look. signature look over time as he sort of like pays tribute by taking one item for each of his fallen <laughs> partner's looks. You know, and, and uh, there's a whole um, setup with the um, the mob boss he's trying to bring down, and the mob boss gets brain damage, mm-hmm. and he still really wants to kill him for revenge. So he like takes a big role in his rehabilitation. Except All the while, in the montage, <laughs> he's got this. You know, they're doing physical and mental. Um, rehab. Rehab. And he's got the gun to his head or a knife to his throat while he's doing it and cheering him on. <laughs> it's really stupid. And yeah. it's a it's it's a good marriage of his sensibility and like the adult swim. Yes. 15 minute, yeah. you know, just enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, the little taste, but that was good. Yes. And the yeah. plot of a show like this is obviously not the point. But even so, I will say I did not see where this plot was going. It, to- it took a- it took an extra zag that I didn't <laughs> yeah, expect it to this this pilot, yeah. and so I would say if you like Children's Hospital, which you yeah, should, yeah. Um, you will probably also like Eagle Heart. Yeah. Our loser of the week is Melissa Leo, Oscar oh. nominee for Best Supporting Actress, wow. who I love. Um, but she has, for some terrible reason, decided to self-finance a sort of shadow campaign for Oscar for herself, oh. where she has. Uh, created these for your consideration ads uh, that don't even show like her in the movie. It's just sort of like glamour shot type photo of her with like these like faux fur 
jackets and and it just says consider with an ellipsis after wow and And this is real this isn't like a campaign no this is real real. and this is real and it's really kind of putting people off and it's kind of making people think that there might now be a chance for somebody else to win because it's putting people off she is the front runner she doesn't really need to do this she won the golden globe she won the sag she's also competing in her category against her co-star amy adams which i feel like makes it seem even more sort of tacky and Mm -hmm. crass and it just seems desperate in the sort of sally Kirkland way where like Sally Kirkland campaigned her way into an Oscar nomination Mm -hmm. back in 87 or whenever Um, it's just making an actress that I like just seem tacky and sad and I don't know so that's unfortunate you can do better you can do better exactly do you know what time it is guys (gasps) what it's time to uh, just mention the fact that there seems to be an alarm in the hallway yes! that's going off. That's For a not, long that's time. That's not us. No. no. That is our We're apartment. not being burgled Someone's... at the moment. Do you know what time Sorry. it is also? What? It's game time. Right. All right, this week we're uh, playing Horror Film Origins. Now, just to clarify, horror. Horror. (laughs) Not horror films. No, not horror films. Okay. Horror. So not pretty ones. Terror and horror. (laughs) Got it. Uh, Listener uh, Will Holson has compiled a list of 25 horror films which feature movie stars before they got famous. Okay. Okay. You pick a number between 1 and 25. I'll read the name of the movie and the year... Uh, it was made. Right. You get two points for naming the actor right away. Okay. You get ask for a clue, after which you get one point if you get it right. Okay. Some movies have more than one actor in it. <laughs> okay. I will let you know when that is the case. Okay. And, and then, so will any of those actors do? Or are you looking for one specific? You can get, you can name as many as you can to get that many points. Oh. If there's three actors, which there are not, but if there was three actors for one question, you name them all right away, you would get six points. Wow. If you named them after clues, you would get three points. All right. Got it? Feel good about Joe Reed's chances for this game. Maybe. All right. Who will go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. Tara, pick a number. 11. All right. Amityville 3D from 1983. Uh, clue? Seattle. Kira Sedgwick? Joe for the steal. Meg Ryan? Yeah. Joe, pick a number. All right. Whoa. Whoa. Does that have more points? Easy. <laughs> uh, 24. 24. The People Under the Stairs from 1991. Oh. Oh. Clue? Rosewood. Thing Rames. Tara. Um, 13. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The New Generation, two actors. Renee Zellweger. Matthew McConaughey? Yes. Yeah! Four points. Yes. Joe. All right, 10. Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1990. Oh my God. <laughs> Clue. Ring. Naomi Watts? <sighs> Correct hand. Oh, Tar, for the steal. Uh... Stop looking at the monitor. I, I can't see. <laughs> I don't know. It's very. Thin. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it was um, Martin Henderson. No, Vigo Martinson. Oh, that ring. Okay. Yeah. Right. The other ring. <laughs> Next number. Tara. This Me. Is, yeah. Um, twenty. 
Trancers, 1985. Clue. Mad. I don't know. Mm. Helen Hunt? Oh, oh nice. Score break, please. Let's have a little score break. Okay, so that's one for me. Uh, this is Tara with four, Joe with three. Ooh, all right. Your turn. Joe. Uh, five. The Burning, 1981. Two actors. Oh, my God. I was just talking about this movie with somebody, too. Um, what year again? 1981. I'm going to need clues. All right. Your two clues for the okay. two actors are turn to the right and third person. <laughs> Susan Sarandon? And third person. Damn it. Tar for the steel. No idea. The Burning 1981 with Holly Hunter. Turn to the right. Oh. And Jason Alexander, who talks into third person about himself from Seinfeld. Interesting. Wow, that's a very obscure clue. Well, they all can't be super easy. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Six. Critters 4 from (laughs) 1992. Critters 4. Clue. Groove. Groove. What year? 1994. 1992. Oh, sorry. Critters 4. Tay Diggs? Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. I had the right movie, at least. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, 17. The Blob from 1958. Wow. Clue. Escape. Kurt Russell? No, too early. (laughs) (laughs) These fetus of Kurt Russell. Um, I don't know. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, of course. Tar. Um, three. Leprechaun, 1993. Jennifer Aniston. Yes, there you go. Two points. Joe. Uh, 25. A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. A Nightmare on Elm Street is Johnny Depp. Yes. Okay. Um, 21. Piranha, 1995. Clue. Uh, Swan. Barbara Hershey? No, not Barbara Hershey. Pulled it back. Natalie Portman? Swan. Swan. Mila Kunis? Oh! Uh, I thought she was too young. Score break. Uh, Tara with six, Joe with six. Ooh! All right, I will choose number... Or is this... I will choose number eight. Number eight. Alice, Sweet Alice, 77. Uh, Oh, this is Brooke Shields. Wow, nice. nice. Tara. Um, One. Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, 1995. Clue. Role model. Paul Rudd. Yes. Nice. Joe. This is that was one point. Yep. Okay. Uh, twenty-three. Children of the Corn. Five. Fields of Terror. Nineteen ninety-five. Nineteen ninety-five. Clue. Oh, sorry. Nineteen ninety-eight. I'm talking. Clue. Uh, mole. Mole. Yeah. Mole. 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 Tara, for the steal. Anderson Cooper? Eva Mendez. Oh, oh sure. sure. Tara. Um, 
19. Paul Hardcat. Parasite. <laughs> no, 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 19. <laughs> Parasite, 1982. I don't know. Clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jane. Jane? Jane. Demi Moore? Demi Moore. Oh. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Correct. You are Joe. <laughs> Seven. I still know what you did last summer, 1998. Somebody who wasn't famous. Somebody yet. who wasn't famous. Brandy? Mm. Clue? Tribute. No, he was Clue. What? He was famous by then. Really? No. But okay, I'll take it. All right, score break. Tara, nine. Joe, eight. All right. Tara, time to pick. Uh, 22. Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, 89. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, clue. Blade. Wesley Snipes. Mm. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh. Nice. nice. How many questions are left? Not, not many, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Um, epic horror film fest. Uh, nine. Chosen of the Corn, The Gathering. <laughs> 96. Two names. Clues? And I have only one clue for you. Okay. Oh. The ring. <laughs> this sucks. Um, <laughs> ring. Elijah Wood? Mm. And uh, uh, Liv Tyler? What year again? 96. Uh, Orlando Bloom? <laughs> Kate Blanchett? <laughs> Naomi Watt? No! <laughs> and Mark Sailing. Solid. Oh, from Glee. Oh, wow. Oh. Must have been a baby. Interesting. Hmm. I think this is you, Tara. Um, two. Two. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, 1984. Two names. I need a clue. Clues. This is- I can kick. Lost Boy. Molly Shannon? That's what I have said, too. Um, Jason Patrick? Joe for the Steel. Got Ke- two names. Kiefer Sutherland? And? Um, um, Corey Feldman? Okay. One. The other one was Crispin Glover. Uh, I can kick. The other kicker. <laughs> um, I'm going to say number 18. Number 18, Troll, 1986. Muffin Tops. Uh, Jane Krakowski. <laughs> no! Gotcha with the clue. No! Bam! Oh, Julie Louis Dreyfus? Ah! Yeah! <laughs> right. Um, four. Four. He Knows You're Alone, 1980. He Knows You're Alone! Oh, clue. Volunteer. Tom Hanks? Nice. All right. break. Uh, score break. Tara with 11. Joe with 10. Ooh. With there's four, five, four questions left. All right. I'm going to say number 15. That's exciting. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 92. Two names. Hilary Swank. And... Oh, David Arquette. Oh, nice. four point. Four points. Yeah, right. I'm not coming back from this. Uh, 16. Revenge of the Creature, 55. <laughs> oh, God. Clue. Dirty. 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 Mm. Oh! Uh, Clint Eastwood? Uh, yes. Shit! 
<laughs> that's what. That's not what I was gonna say anyway. Okay, <laughs> but that's good. <clears throat> uh, twelve. Children of the Corn three. Wow. <laughs> Urban Harvest. Wow, that's a horrible. Nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. Clue. Your clue is hot potato. <laughs> Charlize Theron. Nice. And finally. <laughs> and finally. Fourteen. Question fourteen. Fourteen. Critters three. Nineteen ninety one. Clue. Brom. Whoops. Brom. Leonardo DiCaprio. Nice. Final score. Tara Ariana with 12. Me with 16. Good job. Congratulations. Good that job. brings the... Thank God. God. I need a series total to Tara 3, Joe 1. Well, well done. done. Thank you. All right, well, that's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We rolled a saving throw against Community's Dungeons & Dragons episode and debated what makes a good TV jerk. More jerks were found in episodes and Cougar Town, and Tara had a Cougar Town tiny triumph of her very own. We added friends, the one with the embryos, to the canon, and as always, we crowned winners and losers of the week. Much to Tara's horror... Joe won a horror film origins game time. Thanks again to Will for the Excel sheet of facts and goodness. Thank you. Send us your audio. We have a few options for doing just that at extrahotgreat.com slash talk. Comment on the website and follow us on Twitter at extra hot great. No, extra hot podcast. Remember. We're listening. I am. David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariana, yes, Joe Reed, woo-hoo. thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week right here on Extra Hot Great. Well, ice is melting, oil spilt, black present, love it. People watching movies on their cell phones, and ooh, Lady Gaga.